Security to 1040. Welcome to the 10 Forward Podcast, a tasty track with a different flavor. If you wanted to be alone, you would stay in your quarters. The only reason to come here is to be amongst people. Who, who are you? My name is Gaina. I tend bar and I listen. Huh. You heard anything interesting? So pull up a chair, then let's have a chat. Here is 10 Forward. 10 Forward is a designated shelter area. Relax. Areo for me. And for my officers, get back. Welcome to 10 Forward. Come on and pull up a chair and we'll talk shit. I'm Cena from Texas. I'm Jacqueline, Ontario, Canada. And I'm Michael Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, do you have any pictures of cats that you can share with us? <laughs> yeah, Michael, I'd love to see them. I can also share some pictures of my cats. Yeah, I love you, Chrissy, Michael. <laughs> right, well, welcome to 10 Forward. As you can tell, that was neither Cena, Jacqueline, or Michael. Or maybe Mike, maybe it was Michael. Yeah, I think it is Michael. Michael. <laughs> but this week, we are joined for our special April Fool's Day podcast. Surprise! <laughs> by special guest and fe- fellow Edinburghian, Lee. Oh, hiya. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon we should at least introduce ourselves normally? Or fuck them. They can work it out. Well, let's see. So you might recognise us. We are the hosts of previously in the Alpha Quadrant. And we are... Uh, Paul House. (laughs) Adam Finch. And Emma Whittaker. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of shafted Emma. She couldn't do anything with her name there. Totally got to keep my own name. (laughs) You could have said Emma Finch. I could have... Yeah, not yet. Okay. Wait a second. Isn't isn't Emma Finch the name of like? Wasn't she a lesbian in Skins? Oh, please be a lesbian in Skins. (laughs) I'll investigate this. You've also forget that Paul Finch is a guy from American Pie, the Weapons Elf. Stop it! Stop (laughs) it! So it is. Wasn't he the guy that can't shit in the toilet? (laughs) No, no, no. That's no. That's that's. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's in the first one. Yeah, do you know what right? I, I was wondering. Paul Finch shags people's mums. I was wondering when this was going to come up because that those films have tortured me since I was thirteen, right? Can you imagine being thirteen, right? And you come into school and someone's like, ha ha ha, there's a film out by a guy that's got your name and he's a real geek, he's just like you. Yeah. And then everyone gets over it, and then you bring out a second one, and a third one, and then a fourth one. At least you weren't in the streets of DVD ones. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But the like the guy goes, oh Jim, he's <laughs> it's, it's basically the bloke whose mum gets fucked by everybody. No, he's the one that fucks the mum. Oh, you're the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, she was a shag though. Oh, she wasn't she's the first dirty. one. She's yeah. dirty and old. She's hoofing now. No she still kind of looks the Just same. <laughs> yeah. But she looks the same, but like she's been blown up by a bicycle pump. Oh. I think that's just her breast as well. Mm. Dirty, dirty, <laughs> dirty. Right. So, yeah, 10 forward, Star Trek. <laughs> so, as 10 forward do, we're going to start with the news. 
This just in, it's time for the news on 10 Forward. So, in Star Trek news today, uh, unfortunately, we've got some very sad news that William Shatner's actually passed away. Oh. Yes. And he was found naked in a gimp mask, I believe. No, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, the classic Elvis death. Burger in his hand on a toilet in a gimp suit. And no surprise, it was George Takei taking up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of obvious why they claim to not like each other now all this time. <laughs> and and more sad news, George Takei has been arrested for William Shatner's murder. <laughs> death by anal rape. And more more sad Star Trek news, it's been bought over by Disney. Yeah. Disney have uh, acquired the rights to Star Trek from both Paramount and CBS, and with G- probably with the help of J.J. Abrams, so we will be getting some Star Trek Star Wars mashups. Because <laughs> okay. um, that means Neelix, so he's like the most family-friendly character, so he's bound to get a movie. Oh, no, God. No, basically what they're going to do is they're going to reshoot episode one, but this time Neelix is going to beast Anakin, and that's why he's all angry and turns <laughs> to the dark side. And... <laughs> And we have the Neelix and Jar Jar TV show coming. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. I'd, I'd totally watch that. Is that like the Brass Eye Peter Geddon episode? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't think uh, the American listeners will understand the Brass Eye reference, but it's a. Uh, go check it out on YouTube. It's got Simon Pegg in it. It does, doesn't it? We should. Yeah. He's we the should. one that gets put in the drawer, I think. <laughs> I, the, my. The, the, I honestly couldn't stop laughing for half an hour at that, that episode with the, the animal rights thing. He's like, oh, yeah. the, the elephant got so bored, she stuck her trunk up her own anus. <laughs> I don't know why, but my, my webcam has just activated itself. I don't know if you can see me. No, no, yeah. because you have to have Skype Premium if we want to all see you now. Yeah, but I can see me and it's fucking irritating. So, can you still hear me? I pointed it at the ceiling. We should probably say at this point that in no way is 10 Forward going to be family friendly today. So if you're with your children who are under the age of like 18, listen, I listen, probably listen, not listen to our show. Well, to be fair, it's a bit late to be giving a warning. We've already <laughs> talked about beasting and semen samples Imagine being at William Shatner's ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, in true 10 Forward style, we're not going to do any editing. They do. Michael I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. They're very good with their editing. They're not the main show. Meh. <laughs> Mostly their bloopers consist of Michael laughing like a girl for ten minutes. Yeah. And I have no idea why. <laughs> Michael laughs like you know one of those creepy childs when they're getting like you know presents. He's like, always <laughs> 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 oh, being tickled. Yeah, always oh, being tickled. Are you thinking about Cena tickling him? Oh. <laughs> Whilst Michael's stroking her pussy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh. <laughs> show me yours, Pussy Cena. Only if you show me yours, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, Star Trek. <laughs> so, Lee, we have brought you here today for a very special reason. We started out with Desert Island track, and everyone's bored of that, so we've moved on to Shipwreck track. I personally think you should rename it, to be honest. Like, when I tried to... Well, when I tried to watch this the other day, well, one of the episodes, and I gave up halfway through, I personally felt Zero Dark Trek would have been a better name because it was fucking torture watching episodes that you hate. 
Like, he's just in there going, it's like, you can imagine being stripped naked in your underwear, like, tied up, and Jessica Chastain's come in and went, I want you to tell me where, like, Osama Bin Laden is, and I'm going to find that out by putting on the worst episodes of Star Trek. And you've got to sit in this, like, darkened Middle East prison while watching some of the worst episodes. That's the kind of what I was thinking about when trying not to be bored. So what, Guantanamo... Track? Yeah, <laughs> that could work. Yeah. To be honest, Lee, when I got your episode list, I, I, I thought we were doing Desert Island Track. Uh-huh. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, well, some of these are good, but some he's picked some real shit episodes. And I thought maybe you'd need to rethink it, but then then I realised we're doing shit wet track, and so I understand a lot more your choices. Thank you. When but I saw I th- the list, I'd never heard of any of them, so I was just glad to watch well, the yeah, day. You have, yeah, I mean, you have. We, we talked about the last No, no I never heard of it. <gasps> Adam's given away an episode. We'll need to bleep that out. Right. Oh, okay. Um, no, I'd, <laughs> I'd never heard of, no, I'd never heard of any of the episodes. Well, you'd seen one of them. Oh, oh lie, I'd seen one. Yeah. Okay, right, so, now we're talking about them. Lee? So, which one would you like to pluck out your anus first? <laughs> Time to get your track on. It's... If you're listening to this show, you must like Star Trek. And if you like Star Trek, then we bet you still live in your mother's basement. And if you live in your mommy's basement, then you are what clinicians call a loser. Recent studies from the California Institute of Technology, also known as Caltech, Go Beavers, show that Trekkies are five times more likely to find meaningful relationships baffling and repulsive. Lead scientist Dr. Sheldon Cooper began a three-year study on the emotional and psychological effects of cheap sci-fi, such as what you'd find in Star Trek, and discovered that most sci-fi lovers are, in his words, bat crap crazy. So be careful, or you too might wind up alone in the corner of your basement with nothing but a box of Kleenex to give you the emotional support you desperately need. Well, I'll take this little bit of semen out first that's called the cage. (laughs) After 16 days shooting at a cost of more than $600,000, the first pilot was over schedule and over budget, and the network gave it thumbs down. But even though NBC didn't like the cage, They did like the idea of the show, so they asked for an unprecedented second pilot, where no man has gone before. But before that, there was The Cage, Star Trek in its original form. Um, Yeah, The Cage. Now, for for listeners who do not know what the cage is, would you like to explain a little about the plot and specifically why you hate it? Well, the cage is a popular uh, like swingers club in Edinburgh, but that's <laughs> not important right now. Um, the cage is the the pilot episode for Star Trek that never kind of was released because 
they didn't like it. And then we got Where No Man Was Before, which is the track that we've all grown to love to an extent. So why do you specifically hate The Cage? I mean, I, I think it's quite a, a good episode. It's well, a... I didn't listen to the Trekno Babble episode about it because I thought I would maybe change my mind. So I've not downloaded that yet. But the reason I don't like it is because I've probably tried to like watch it and like it so many times since I was a kid. Like I had it on video and I got the DVD and I tried to keep watching it and it just was like... Oh, it just never kind of gets going for me. Like I think it's the feeling that it feels like you've gone into an alternative universe where everything's slightly the same but slightly different and you just don't quite like it. That I don't like Captain Pike in the, this version because he just feels really annoying and really that he has to be super masculine, but not in the way that William Shatner was where he just came across like a bit of a you know an arse. He just seems to kind of be like this macho shouting all the time and his casual sexism where he was like, I had wrote down the line when I was watching it the other day, whereas I can't get used to having a woman on the bridge with a classic no offence followed afterwards. And I just find him really hard to like. And Spock just shouts all the time, <laughs> just like, you know, he'll turn around and go, what's for dinner, Spock? And he'll go, chicken soup! And you're like, Jesus, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Settle the fuck down. It's just really, I don't know. It's it isn't the worst episode of the original series ever, but it's the one that I've tried so many times to watch it and enjoy it, but it never clicks for me. Do you, do you think you do you think you do you think you didn't like it? Do you, know, do you think you didn't like it because you've seen other? You you seen what came afterwards? You think you would have liked if you'd never seen Star Trek before? Probably not. No, probably one of those. Way, but it's probably one of those ones I'd never go, if I saw it on TV I would never think I'd need to watch that ever again sort of thing, but I've given it more chances because it's Star Trek you know, uh, a bash I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you here Lee I know it's a very popular episode and people say lots of good things about it and I can see why in places it is a good um, episode, I think there's a lot of good concepts in it, but to me it, I agree with you, it feels like you're watching a slightly different version of Star Trek and I saw it um, on TV years ago when they, they replayed it, and I was like, well, what the fuck's going on here? And I've watched it about three or four times since then, but I, I just can't find myself enjoying it. I, I constantly look at the, the timer to see how long it's got left on it, because I find it so incredibly boring. I think yeah. once you know the basic plot of it, you never need to see it again. Well, in the words of Matty Hansen, you're wrong. Well, he's not here, is he? Oh well, I I like I'll t I'll, get, well, I'll tell you some things I like about the episode. You can see, t tell me if they're redeemable or not. So like the Talosians, I think are a pretty cool alien and got some cool concepts behind them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like I agree with what Adam said. That there's a lot of interesting elements in it, and it's an interesting to view it as a kind of historical piece. But it just doesn't click as an enjoyment episode as such. That it's really interesting when you review it as a bit of Trek history, whether it works as an out-and-out -out episode, I'm not too sure. It's almost like a piece of concept art. Do you know when you see concept art for films and special features for directions they wanted to go in? Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, that might have been interesting. It's like that. It's like seeing a, a drawing of Star Trek, which is kind of there, but not quite finished yet. 
Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't have really liked it if Star Trek had continued down that format because I think the main criticism I have of the episode is it's pretty humorless. There's not, there's not that, there's not that sense of fun. And as you said, Lee, there's not, like, not only is there not the racial diversity, but there's not like the kind of male female equality there yet. And you know, Star Trek, I think it always done well on the fact that. They showed like other races and people working together, but they never commented on it. They just displayed it as that's how it is. But ironically, they then put black people in it and a black woman, but they took away the fact it was a black, no- like a female number one. Well, yeah. So, the, well, the yeah, female yeah. number one was slightly annoying because I think it's that bit where he's <laughs> taking the landing party down and he goes, "Not you this time, number one." Yeah. And she does that. Oh, okay then pouts as if she's just been told she can't go to the mall or something it's like oh geez. but it is it's is kind of it's it's like what i assume is made in what the 60s or something yeah. yeah yeah you know where women i'm you know were not given these high roles and allowed to do all these big things so i think that was kind of a little bit of a jibe at that saying well yeah you can be a number one in a ship but actually, do you know what? You might break an ale coming down here, so you can just stay in the ship yeah, and just I think make they, sure that we're okay. They did kind of deflate it a bit mm. by saying, like, she's not like other women because she's got a computerised brain, so basically she's a woman with a man brain. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was funny how, yeah, they got rid of that, but then they put in a black person and, you know, whatever else, other races. And, and they had the, the black person after the telephone. And they had the Chinese man driving. When? Well, Sulu was saying yeah, 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 I know that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They put all that in afterwards. Yeah. But they took away the fact that women was second in command. Yeah. Which I thought was a bit strange. Anyway. Well, it's fine, then you get to Voyager, and then you get a female that's in command of everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but I would like to say that I quite like the cage. I've never yeah. seen it before. Yeah, well, you, you haven't seen much Star Trek, so no. I, I thought you would probably hate it. Well, I was I was I watched it um, when Paul was at work, just before Paul came home from work, and he came in just halfway in between it, and he just like bursts in the door, starts talking to me, and I'm like, "We just shut up! I'm trying to watch a program," and I was like really involved. I really liked it. You've oh. changed. I've changed, yeah, but I still thought some of the choices of the day were quite rubbish. But I enjoyed this one. I think I maybe enjoyed it because it was a totally different cast, apart yeah. from the book. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. It's interesting in terms of you look at it and you think it's all there, but not quite. And Spock's there. I think Spock's the only character which actually is in this episode that's in all the others, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. And they've got the the uniforms, but they've got that kind of uh, quilted bit at the top, so it's not quite the uniforms you're used to. The colours are a bit off. I and did like how they had space jackets for going down to the yeah. planet. Because that's something that always annoys me in Star Trek. This shows how much of a sad get I am. But you're always like, I feel like they should be wearing a jacket when they go to these cold planets and not just going around in like their Primark onesies. It, like, <laughs> you should wear a jacket, you know. It's it's hey, kind of cold there. My Primark onesie's well comfortable and cosy, thanks very much. I'm sitting on my one just now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I thought that. Because in Enterprise, they wear jackets as well. Yeah. So that was quite good that Enterprise stuck with that. I liked the uniforms. I thought the uniforms looked really, really cosy. They were the, like proper fabric. Well, the uh, unlike this nice skin tight thing that they sport in the original series. Well, no, well, well, yeah, they are, they are proper fabric, but, the, um, but they're, they're not onesies, thankfully. Yeah, we don't get the onesie till TNG. No, no, but no, I, I liked the, I liked the uniforms in the cage. They looked, they looked proper warm. I thought they'd done a really good job of 
I think it was maybe a bit too sciency. Like they they tried to put like a lot of kind of hardcore scientific uh, things in it, and I think it was again just not as fun. Like people, I think people liked Star Trek mainly because it was a little bit everything. Yeah. It just feels really cold when you watch it. There's just no character that you think, oh, I really enjoy him as a as a character. Oh, I'd love to learn more about them. Everyone just seems like a bit of a like they're so detached or mm-hmm. they're such an extreme, you know, version. Like Pike yeah. just seems really macho, aggressive. Spock shouts, people pout. There's no one kind of you think, oh, they they seem pretty sound enough. I like the Doctor. Yeah, Doctor Boyce. Yeah, he's quite good. Um, yeah, he. I don't know if you've seen Battlestar Lee. Yeah, I have. Yeah, he reminds me of Cottle slightly. Yeah, I'll give you that. But apart from you, just I'd love it if he just came in puffing a cigarette and just went, you know, while giving his advice to uh, to Captain Pike. I really love that line. Like a doctor will tell his bartender more than he'll tell his doctor. Here's a drink. <laughs> yeah, you're dying of alcoholism. Yeah, <laughs> but Pike's a bit shouty as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's just really aggressive, and he seems like he's just, just really macho. Like it just f- feels like he's full of testosterone, though, and he's just running around. It's like when they say when when he's when he's first put in the the kind of menagerie style zoo, and he start and they they look at him going ah, and he's going to attempt to smash into the thing, and he hears and he starts smashing it. I would be like, no. He almost oh, yeah. reminds me of um, Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes, where he just, I half expect him to just get down and just start banging the ground and go, you goddamn filthy apes, you blew it all. I don't know why, but I just get that impression from him when he's having his little schizo fritz. Well, you goddamn dirty aliens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I liked Pike. Yeah, well, do you, do you think he was prettier than William Shatner? Yes. He, he died like two years later, Emma. I know. Yeah. Well, good, in... in, in for Star Trek, it's a good thing I didn't pick it up. Well, you never well, know what could have happened. Well, yeah, I think one of the main reasons this pilot didn't make it was A, it was too intellectual, and B, Gene Roddenberry thought, told them, I'm going to make you a Western in space. And this was far too intellectual, and none of the test audiences liked it. They ought, And they tested it on women as well, and the women hated number one. They're like, oh, no, that would never happen. You never get a woman in charge. We don't like it. I just think when you compare it to what they did next, where no man has gone before, and it stands up to the test of time, that episode, for like enjoyment purposes, whereas this one just doesn't... If you, uh, you had the option between the two, I would have gone for where no man has gone before every time. Yeah, you don't get bored in that one. Yeah. I think when you look at it, the, the, context, the context of the time, I think it is a, a, a really good episode, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not how I wanted to see Star Trek. So I can understand why you've uh, decided that this will be on your island of slovenly track episodes. <laughs> yeah. like, so, there are worse episodes of like the TOS, like Spock's Brain, for example, but it's almost so shit that it's funny. The same with the Space Hippies episode, that's worse, but it's funny because it's really shit. Whereas, you know, this one I just, I can't get plussed about either way. Whereas, at least with those ones, they're so shit, there's still something I can enjoy about them. So I think at the end of that, obviously, you dislike it, Lee. I dislike it. And Paul and Emma both like it. Yeah, I liked it, yeah. I've got a question, though. Um, was it made for, like, primetime telly, like dinner time TV? Well, yes. Pro- pro- 
probably as a pilot, they probably hadn't decided where it would fit in the schedule. Did you see yeah. that, with that bit where he's in the fire and the wax mm-hmm. is everywhere? Yeah. That was horrendous. I know, it's such a cheap special effect. No, I meant like... I'm, jo- I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really horrible. I was like, my God, you can't have that jelly. Do you know what else was really horrible? The bit at the end where Mina, like, you see her, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like the... But that was really good, especially for that time. It's like watching Liz Collins, or whatever her name is, Jackie Collins, who's the... Joan Collins? Joan Collins. It was like watching her, like, age in a space of a few seconds. (laughs) You have expected her to get a microphone and go, so what do you make of the Oscar winner's dresses tonight, (laughs) Captain Pike? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's that's not Joan Collins, that's someone else. It's Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, that's the one. (laughs) Oh, with the blonde hair, yeah, and a horrible plastic face. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that bit was horrible, but apart from that, it was fine. But I, I really like that that concept of the story that they found her like essentially in bits and didn't didn't have a blueprint to assemble her, so they just kind of put her back together how they thought. Yeah, I thought a woman would look. I'm surprised they just couldn't read her mind and see what women looked like. Hmm. Yeah. No, it that's true. Like a bit actually, where you first meet her, and like she's with all like you have all these hallucinations of these old like men scientists, and then they just have this like attractive woman that comes out of somewhere, and you think, wait a second, <laughs> they know taking turns on her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's clearly been, you know, she has probably been raped. If we're being honest. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so, Lee, I'd, I would be interested to find out what, what do you think of the menagerie as an episode. Uh, I quite enjoy the menagerie. It's an interesting episode. It works. It has the famous Pike chair. It's it's an enjoyable episode. I think it's just it's hard. Like if the cage was an episode of the original series, but they just replaced some of the characters, I would just probably not. You know, probably wouldn't be one of those episodes I'd watch again. But it's just there's something about it where it's not. I'm glad that it that episode wasn't chosen and we got what we got in the end. It's. It's just nothing special. That's that's all it is. Well, on to your next choice for your island. Well, it's not really a choice for an island. I think we can imagine that you've been shipwrecked and like out of all seven hundred blah blah hours, this washes up on the shore and this is what you're left with. Um, yeah, it's my next generation pick is the outrageous O'Connor, which I think is possibly. <laughs> the, the second worst episode of Star Trek in history. It is unforgivable rubbish. Next time on Star Trek, The Next Generation. Data, do you even know what a joke is? Joe Piscopo helps Data become the king of comedy. Show me what is funny. All right, you're on. But a fugitive on the ship is no laughing matter. You will come with me now! And he's being hunted by enemies who could trigger a war. They're threatening to attack the Enterprise. On Star Trek, The Next Generation. I think it's redeemable. Oh, Paul told just me you saw that. Just rolling. <laughs> I, I think it's because it. Adam modelled himself on the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does! I think he does! I'm kidding. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Funny to I... say that I do have a similar looking beard at the moment. <laughs> well, a, a wanker's beard. <laughs> well, no, it's just that I haven't shaved in uh, about two weeks. 
do you go around like your offices and just going, I'm a bit of a rogue, you know? And like, okay, thank you for that, Adam. Yeah, and I, and I sort of swish my hair and I have a fake ponytail that I put on in the morning. <laughs> you dress a little bit like Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Brighton, the, the people that dress is, like Jack Sparrow kind of go on parades. To be honest, you could dress like Jack Sparrow and no one would think an eyelid here. Do you think that whoever wrote this episode basically just thought, let's make an episode of TNG and put a character like Han Solo in it? Yes, absolutely. It's just terrible. It's What I find really annoying about this episode is, and it's something they do the whole way through it, is it's like when someone goes, oh, I'm such a catch. You you can't say that. Other people have to make that comment. And it's just the fact that the whole time going, he's so funny. Or, oh, he's such a rogue. And it's like, yeah, please don't tell the like the audience, like the TV viewers, how we have to feel about this annoying character. Like, he's just so funny, charming, swaggering. He's kind of like a Han Solo sort of thing. It's like, no, I'll judge that. Don't you tell me, Brent Spiner and Will Wheaton, how I have to think about this annoying character. It's like, he's just a really annoying person. It's, I, oh, I hate it. What I find interesting about the character is that Will Wheaton seems to be in love with him. Yeah. I mean, Luke, he's, he's running he's around said, following him what? smiling, and you know that if he tried to kiss Will, he would just kiss him back and suck his dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a prelude to what happens with him and the Traveller. He's just like, he's kind of following him doughy-eyed, and he's basically, like, Wesley Crusher is basically asking to be groomed. It's, it's, yeah, he, he's like a groomee, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's asking for the attention. It's it's ridiculous. It's basically, if he was in a... Um, if he was pedoed, he would be completely fine with it, and he would lead the person on. Definitely, yeah. It, like it wouldn't even stand up in court. They would just be like, "Well, I'm seeing evidence here that you you did ask for it." Yeah, he's he's, he's Star Trek's first jailbait. <laughs> yeah, you bent you bent over the warp core and took your trousers off. It's just it's just wrong. It's my, just prob- w- my problem with this episode was that there were too many stories going on. There were two stories. Yeah, but there were two shit stories, though. So there was a story about why he came down because apparently his ship's broken. And then there was like other people trying to phone them and say... <laughs> Skype them, yeah. <laughs> say, look, you know, we need to have this guy. And then no one knows why. And then those two started arguing about something. Data's trying to fucking learn a joke or some shit like that. He's going on the holodeck with Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, the worst part is like... He asked the holodeck, please give me the funniest comedian <laughs> on the planet. And that guy comes out. Who's that? The bad thing is that that guy is a re- was a real comedian at the time. And he improvises his own stuff on that thing. So his those jokes weren't really badly written ones by the Trek crew. That was his own material. <laughs> I I think this the whole B-story with Dayton comedian is horrific. I can't stand it. In my opinion, that B-plot is the worst bit of Star Trek ever, and I will fully agree that that is a terrible, terrible aspect of the episode. It's unforgivable. It's, I just, the, I, it's the expressions on Data's face. He just looks like every time the guy tells a joke, he looks so excited. He looks like he's just spunked his pants. I just can't believe this was the funniest comedian that could pop up. I, I'd love it for some reason if it was just like Frankie Boyle or something that just came on, and there it is on like primetime TV, Frankie Boyle going around going, you, you look like a fucking pedo. And just like this sort of usual utter crass Frankie Boyle stuff, like, you know, talking about popes being, you know, raping this. And oh, just that sort of, I just love it if that came on. <laughs> I think you had Tommy Cooper. 
The Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Data just walks into the guy and then he goes, Spoon Fox, Spoon Fox, do that! <laughs> I, I, I like that storyline. <laughs> oh, come on, Emma. <laughs> Where's my favourite bit? Which bit? Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> The, the joke story. Basically, basically take all the bits you hate and that's the bits Emma loves. Um, are you still you drunk from the... Saturday, Emma? Sorry? Oh, are you still drunk from Saturday to have mm. liked that? I liked it. But then again, Which... I like shit things, so... Yeah. Oh, God. You like Paul. I like, I like, I, you know, I like anything to do with data currently. <laughs> so, I thought that was quite funny. I, you know, I was like... The, the joke bit is horrendous. It's the worst thing that's ever I've seen on TV. And if I put this episode on and I was trying to convince somebody to like Star Trek, I would just say, I'm sorry, no. Star Trek shit, I hate it too. And the best bit was the best bit was when the guy was like, look, I'll tell you a joke to tell it to everybody. And he starts telling the joke, and then Data gets so bored, he speeds him up. <laughs> and then he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't get bored. No, he, just, he, he, he can process point. information a lot quicker than we can. Oh, well, yeah. I think he was so, a bit bored. And the one that is really annoying is like, when O'Connor goes, oh, here's a funny joke, and Data goes, was that funny? He goes, yes, that's a joke, that's funny. And it's like, no, that is not funny. Stop telling me your shit jokes are funny, because they are not funny. Yeah, I mean, would he, puts the, he puts on the comedy glasses and sort of does these sort of, these kind of weird dancing routines and falling over. Oops! Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, why did you do a Jerry Lee Lewis joke? Because that would have absolutely zero reference in the 24th century, a zero reference in the 21st century. He's Jerry Lee Lewis. Exactly. Well, he was like a kind of... Comedian. Oh, what, the guy that was on the thing? No, no. He's done an impression of Jerry Lewis. Alright. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but you don't even know who Jerry no. Lewis is. <laughs> you know, you, you have no idea who he is. So, how's someone, how, how's, how's someone in the 21st century supposed to know? Especially, know. like, Guinan, who's a 21st century alien. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Brilliant. I hate that bit as well where Gannon goes, uh, you're a droid and I'm annoyed. And he, and he asks her as well, is that funny? And she goes, yes. And you're like, no, it is not funny. It's that like Star Trek much. cannot do humour. Pretty much nine times out of ten, it is abysmal at doing, like, jokey episodes. Like, any time you see Star Trek try and do a comedy episode, it's like, I swear to God, I'm just going to shoot myself. It's <laughs> Just stick to just having them fanny around in a nebula, please. This episode <laughs> Um, I, I don't mind the whole Akuna plot because I just take that as season one, season two kind of typical Star Trek that's quite campy, quite ridiculous and quite stupid. It doesn't That doesn't bother me. I don't get bored with that bit. I don't think it's particularly great. I mean, this is not the episode I'd put on to watch. But this whole bit with Data, it's, it's terrible. It's second only to another really bad holodeck episode, which was... Do you remember when Lock Swallow Troy is running around with Alexander in this oh, world of fun? Oh, yeah. 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 This is on that level of badness. Was that an episode where she was just, like, really horny for the whole episode? Yeah, yeah. she was getting <laughs> married or something. It's like, she thinks like. this is a good idea. It's like having a horny Gene Roddenberry's wife that she's been in Star Trek since the 60s. You don't want to see that woman horny. Or having sort of mud baths with a, like, four-year-old boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. She, oh, Emma, you've got to see it. She probably, yeah, Emma, probably, you'd, you'd probably love it. She probably just seen the shape he's had and thought, hmm, I have a use for this. I think I've, I think I've seen I think I've seen bits of this one. Is this Troy's mum? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. She's, she's in lots of episodes, but it's one yeah. where 
they go to the holodeck and it's, it's kind of like it's fun planet and there's all these clowns running around oh no no I, i'm not watching that yeah people are running around going oh, i lost my balloon and then pulling it and then, <laughs> and then blowing like their nose and their, and their nose turns red or something it's and it's retarded that sounds like Jesus, something nightmares like, are made of it sounds like jimmy savile's uh jim yeah. will fix it set so apart from apart from you emma does anyone have anything redeemable about the episode i mean for for me i didn't really like at the end when it turns out that akuna is like actually like the good guy i'm like oh okay i don't don't mind that through the episode they always make it that he's some sort of rogue you know he's a maverick and it's like He's doing nothing. He's just being a, a, a you know, a pervert. That he's really not done anything. Like, oh yes, he he lives by his own means and stuff. And it's like he just lives on a shitty shuttle. Please <laughs> stop telling me what he does instead of show. Like that, I, that was one of my notes. Stop telling us. Show us. Stop telling us that he's this rogue. Show us that he's a rogue instead of just like him reaching off Terry Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> It was actually nice to see Terry Hatcher looking cute in a, a, a youth. Yeah, she doesn't she look did. like that anymore. But. She looks hot in Tomorrow Never Dies, though. And also, did you ever see the new Orange of Superman, which is pretty bad, but she always looked gorgeous in that? Yeah, I watched that a lot as a kid. Yeah. I, I, I watched it a lot as well. I don't think it stands the test of time, though. I've not watched it since. I, I don't think it's ever on the TV. The company who owned it burned the film. <laughs> Are you joking? No, they actually burned it. Like they, they were running out of money and they couldn't afford heating in their office, so they just burned the film. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe it, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I wing it. It could be true because some of it was pretty bad, but I, I enjoyed it when I was growing up. I'm sure you're googling it right now just to secretly confirm it, aren't you? No, it was. It was. I was getting to that ranking age, and she was gorgeous. Um, that was the main, main appeal. Main appeal of the show for me. I remember watching it as a kid once, and then, like, uh, Robert Beltran, who played Chakotay, just appears one time, like, holding up the Planet Express. No, it's not Planet Express. <laughs> the Daily Planet. He, he <laughs> comes to hold him up, and he's just like, I'm holding this place up with all the brilliant acting that you expect from Robert Beltran. He's just, like, <laughs> just holding the monsters, like, I'm really angry about something you've done. It's like, oh, God, he's just not- terrible on this, too. I think basically the reason that he's a bad actor, and I think considering he's got a show, he's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's probably got a grey bell end as well. <laughs> but remember, he did dye his hair like jet black, like by season three point. That's probably because like the the panel of women viewers probably said he was sexier without grey hair. Well, remember they were going to kill off like Harry Kim um, towards the end of season three, but then he won some sort of like sexy poll with women, so they decided not to kill him and then have him live on into season four, but kill, uh, get rid of Jennifer Lane instead. Yeah, I mean to be honest, like Jennifer Lane wasn't exactly like worth keeping anyway, but they could have just got rid of both of them. Yeah. Well, um, going back to this episode, I. I, I, as I said before, I don't like the people, but I do think the main story doesn't bother me. I don't think it's a great episode, but I, I don't hate it, and I think there's worse Star Trek out than this episode. I wouldn't watch it again. No, I know that. I would probably turn it over if it was on the telly. I wouldn't want to see it again. I'm, I'm done with that now. Yeah, stinking. <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> yeah, it's shit. Next, Lee, what did you pick? 
Um, my Deep Space Nine episode is um, He Who Is Without Sin, which <laughs> just abysmal. All that is ours is yours. A planet of pure pleasure. I've got to take you on vacation more often. A world of total seduction. Riza is famous for its diversions. The ultimate escape has something for everybody. But the perfect paradise... Stay where you are. ...is about to become paradise lost. The party's over. Vanessa Williams guest stars on the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I have notes. Ugh. Please go through them. Well, the basic plot of the episode is they all go to a shagging planet. Um, Riza always reminds me of... Emma and Paul will know this sort of place, but to others, it, it's a place that you had in Edinburgh. It was called Shagtag. Oh. Yes. Riza is Shagtag. Shagtag, for those who don't go clubbing in Edinburgh, was a, cl- a club where you would turn up on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and you would get given a sticker with your number that would say, like, 22. And you would go in this club, and there would be this big board with all the numbers on it. And if you saw someone that had the number 33, and you thought, oh, she's a bit sexy, you would go up to this board and write, number 33, you are quite sexy, number 22. And then the eventual thing would be that you would hook up with number 33, and you would, you know, get a blowjob outside, as <laughs> you know, these things are in Edinburgh. That is what Rouser is with those fucking, you know wooden things that they go around and go oh I'm shaking this I like they have Quark that's there two minutes he shakes his little wooden thing these two vacuous bimbos turn around smiles and he's off getting laid it's like that is shag tag it's a planet full of horrible vacuous vain people and one thing that struck me when I was watching it is why is there no fat people there why is there no <laughs> munters there that are like oh jeez I can't get a shag I'm going to go to Rise and get a, a, my blowjobs and stuff it's it's everyone there is really attractive where are the ugly people that are looking to get laid because they can get laid well the ugly people are the, are the ones who are the protesters oh, they're just, <laughs> the big coats exactly yeah. they've been rejected and stuff but it's Everyone in this episode annoys the shit out of me, especially, and I'm sure someone's going to moan at me for this, but Jadzia is abysmal in this episode. And I like her. She was on my masturbation bench as a kid, so it really is hard for me to slag her off like this. But, I mean, I've got the word annoying bimbo next to my notes that says Jadzia, annoying bimbo. So she's just, this whole episode was her and Worf going to another planet to talk through their problems. First minute they're there, Worf goes, right, we should talk about our problems, get them out of the way so we can enjoy our holiday. But Jadzia just starts bitching and moaning, and it just keeps going on and on through this whole episode. And Worf gets pushed so far away by her being such an annoying bitch that he (laughs) takes part in this, like, whatever it's called, you know, that group to change the weather. So he basically ruins the planet (laughs) to get her attention. It's just like, just give the guy the attention that he's asking. He wants to sort out your problems, which you've gone to this planet for in the first place. Talk about them, and then you can enjoy the holiday. But she's just, for all this life experience that she has, she just bitches, whinges, and moans the whole time. And it's like, I really like you, but please stop being an annoying bitch. I think Um, Matt Hansen has been cry-wanking all through this. You're wrong! You're wrong! (laughs) If he can tell me why she isn't... Why she... That if she... If he can tell me that she isn't being an annoying bitch in this episode, then I'll be stunned. Because you watch it and you just think, 
honestly, get a grip, woman. She's you're really pissing me off, and I can see why Worf's been annoyed. He's trying to be the good guy. He's like, let's talk about our problems, and she's like, no, let's talk about them there. Oh, why are you being such a grouch, Worf? And it's just like. He just wants to talk about the problems. That's what he's doing the whole time. Let's talk about the problems, which they've gone to there to this planet to talk about in the first place. But she doesn't want to talk about them. The only time she'll talk to him is when he ruins it with the weather. And it's just so annoying. It's just Star Trek ever. Like, this is one of the reasons this episode is on there, is because Star Trek can't do sex. Star Trek is immature and clueless when it comes to sex. It's... It, it is a bunch of socially retarded people that are writing some of these scripts, I assume. <laughs> probably what, like, I know what it's like being a teenager, being a Star Trek fan, and I'm sure a lot of them are the same. So, like, they clearly probably have no idea about how relationships and sex work. So, like, any time Star Trek does a, let's talk about sex episode, it's just so horrible, and everyone just acts like a cliche and a stereotype, and it's, like, Star Trek... Apart from, say, Deep Space Nine with Jazzy and Worf to an extent and Odo and um, Kira, just could never do relationships realistically. They just always felt clinky and cheesy and... Ugh, I there hate was, it. There was a little bit of a lesbian ghost moment. There, oh, yeah, there? the ghost moment. When they were working on the pottery. With uh, Esri and the woman that's Not in Not Esri. Oh, Jazzy, yeah. Jazzy, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and the woman that's from... Um, the Rysian, who is an ugly Betty now. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. So they had a little bit of a moment, didn't they? I mean, I was like searching this episode, and she was like Miss America for a while. Um, what's her name again? Whatever. The Someone... woman from Ugly Betty. I mean, like, ugly Betty. Could, could but... you imagine they're they're basically like they're twenty four hour a day hookers, aren't they? They, they must yeah. have like they must have fannies like melted plastic bins. Oh. Like it's leaf, but with sun. Yeah. I mean, they must they they must just look like an overstacked beef sandwich. Oh, oh my god. With the um, hollandaise. Yeah, even I didn't like this episode really. I thought it was a bit boring. Paul, you pretty much said it was like an episode of Home and Away, and I kind of was. It's, 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 I mean, it is boring, but these these sort of new was it new new essentialists? Yeah. They. Just you want to stab them in the face. You, well, you asked halfway yeah, through, like, the oh, are these time... Jehovah's Witnesses? The first... <laughs> the first time you see them is when they're like preaching to everybody about something, mm-hmm. and they're because they're stood there in their black jackets, and people are trying to have a good time, and they come in and ruin it. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, hit... Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're so annoying though, because they're, they're the kind of people you can't stand. They're like, do you know what I see? A bunch of children. You're all children in the Federation. It's just oh. What I like Fuck is off, you're was, such a dick. I like when he goes, if you can't survive a bit of rain, how are you going to survive a Dominion invasion? And you're like, it's <laughs> fucking different things. I can imagine maybe turning around to go, hey, Adam, Paul, the weather's a bit shit today. I'm just not in the mood. And then you just turn around and go, well, how the fuck are you going to survive it when an, an Iraqi invasion force lands <laughs> on a planet and just starts butchering people in the streets? If you can't handle a bit of snow, how are you going to handle that? And it's like... <laughs> It's nothing to do with that, you bunch of dicks. It actually reminds me like a, a story with Emma. We went to the zoo one of day, course. right? Yeah. So we're walking around the zoo. We had two like small children with us. Yeah. And uh, we get to like where the polar bear used oh, to be before yeah. it died. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, these animal protesters just come in, surround the enclosure, and put up this big banner like saying, 
what, what was its so, name? Uh, Free the animals like, or something, yeah. Charlie, Charlie doesn't want to be in an enclosure. They're keeping it here. They're beating it. So, like, the kids are like, oh, no, the polar bear's happy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right, the polar bear's happy. So Emma just storms up, barges in between these two protesters and rips down their sign. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the fact that the children were upset and didn't want to see the sign about how upset the polar bear was. I just told them they had no right to be there and to go somewhere else. <laughs> well, Did they pay for their ticket, Emma? No, they didn't because it was a free day. Okay. It was like, you, know when, um, you know when it's open for like St Andrew's Day? It was free. So they they just they just like came in and just like whipped up all these posters and you know your poor cousins I was like nah not today. Emma, Emma, you are my personal hero for doing that because oh. yeah. those hippies they're, they're, they're basically dickheads like that need to fuck off. <laughs> you always see them on a Saturday if you go up like Princess Street. You just always get the socialists always come out that day and like all the hippie groups just like congregating around the same area. So you just go up and you get like someone going. I think you should sign this saying how much you hate the bedroom tax. And then you go like two steps further and go, would you like some holistic healing? And it's like, and it was like the other day, it was pissing it down in Edinburgh and they had these wooden seats for you to sit down and get holistic healing in. And you're like, why are you here on a rainy day? No one's going to sit down in the middle of Edinburgh and have holistic healing. Piss off. See, do you remember when they had like Occupy Wall Street in New York and then they decided they were going to have <laughs> Occupy London and then they were like, oh, we're going to have Occupy Edinburgh. So what do they do? They pitch up in the most picturesque garden in their smelly, shitty hippie tents, right? <laughs> Just because it happens to be near a branch of the Bank of Scotland. It's not even at the headquarters. It's just a branch of the <laughs> Bank of Scotland. And they sit there stinking up the place, playing their guitars at night, getting noise complaints. I think they even smashed the baby Jesus out of the nativity. <laughs> <laughs> It's not actually when they got kicked out of that. Go well, we're going to go occupy the meadows now, and it's like we're yeah. fucking occupy the meadows. There, a bunch of boutique, you know, French patisserie shops. Are, oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that pizza shop across the street a real good go. And it's like you're just picking up in a really nice location. Well, we were walking through one day, and this and this guy, this guy, like, well, I think there was there was two stories. Emma got very upset with one, but um, we we're walking through this day, and this guy just. Hands on the lease light and goes, shut down your bank account. And I said, oh, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a nice idea in principle, but, like, you know, how how will I get paid? He's like, uh, well, you'll just need to get paid by other means. I'm like, uh, yeah, that do, it doesn't work like that. Like, I can't just, like, put 20 quid in the post to Virgin and say that'll do for my uh, TV bill this month <laughs> and like, I, I can't just say to like, my employer by the way uh, I only accept cash only now they're just ridiculous Like they're just so annoying hippies I really cannot stand them they're, they're, uh, how Cartman in South Park feels about hippies I'm totally into that did one of them not call you a victim Emma? Something like that, yeah. Do you not care about the way... The... I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. do you know, um, Paul, do you know the end of my street, which kind of takes you into the centre of Brighton? Yeah. I don't know if you call it these two massive green lawns. Yeah. Well, I, they had they set up there last year, and it was... They were something like they were against government. And you would walk by it, and I had to walk by it every day, and they couldn't stop you and go, 
you know, you, you know, the government's just ruining the country. And I'm like, well, I don't like the government much either. And they're like, we don't need them, do we? And I thought, well, we kind of do, actually, because there's, you know, medical care, police, all this, all these other things. We kind of need them for that. Went, no, no, we can get rid of them. Join us and we can get rid of the lot and we'll be free. We'll live in the free, free England. And you're like, no. Be like something out like of Monty Python, like we're a narcissistic commune. We take it in turns to be an executive officer for the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's just these people who try and affect change on the world, but live in these smelly little tents and just stink up the place, and exactly. no one likes them. Yeah, and why is it always the annoying dicks that are the ones that want to get rid of like all of the, these governments and stuff? Why is it the people that have jobs and actually have things to pay for and have? Like Sky, they, no one ever complains about that. As long as we've got those things, we're happy. They have nothing, so they just bitch and moan about it to make it seem like it's someone else's fault. It's because they, they need somewhere to feel accepted, and they feel accepted because they're all complete rejects in this world. They just got that they missed the seventies and are just desperate for you know something to say. Oh yeah, we we're the this the new age. They want that in twenty years time to people look back on this period of history and go, yeah, like oh I was really impressed with those people. They stood for something and you know no one thinks of the hippie movement for all the good they did. They just think of them for being drug using sex addicts. That's that's all they think of and the the flare genes. Well, the problem is um, going back to the episode. The protesters in that are nothing like this. They're quite anhedonic. They don't have any sort of sense of pleasure in life. They walk around in their big black coats, moaning and thinking the world's going to end. They're basically Lib Dems. <laughs> <laughs> Bashir and Oh, Chase. Chase. Oh, well, Lita. Yeah. Chase. Well, yeah, that, that was the worst breakup in history. Yeah. It, it didn't make any sense. No, like even our flat, our flatmate was watching it with us, and she never watches Star Trek, so never really gets it anyway. But even she was just like, "But wait a minute, they were together in the ship, and now she's having like a massage from some other guy, and apparently they're doing some kind of weird breakup, I don't know, dance, breakup ritual, ritual, yeah." What I find quite amusing is that she dumps Bashir like a genetically enhanced super genius yeah. for someone that's. Probably mentally retarded. Like, she's <laughs> like, this like super smooth, you know, whatever, you know, nationality is English, Indian, uh, genius for this guy that's like, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go make some beer. Uh, and it's like, oh my god, woman. It's like, uh, pff, baffling. Oh, Ram. <laughs> that's that's quite a good actually. <laughs> Oh, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like she was so at the sci- sci-fi, sci-fi ball, she couldn't help singing it. Oh, wrong. <laughs> really? <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that was that was my that was my tuppence. Emily, you could have just taken Chase's ball over for her. Pretty much. All, all you would need to be able to say is, double once in a while as well, and that, that was your job for life. Double! I think the worst part of that was, was she, like, walks like hands with a guy and just goes Luke you need supple wrists Dabo like what the fuck what does that you kind of mean you kind of expecting her to start with her hand and start jerking him off off camera aren't you yeah. <laughs> oh dear so what's next to get punched in the throat um, I'm now going to kick 
Voyager. Now, I had about, for, apart from maybe ten episodes, I could have put any one of those episodes into the, the you know, the anus hole. But um, I decided to go for an episode called Ashes to Ashes, which is an obscure shit episode. Um, it's really why I hate Voyager in a nutshell. Five years ago, they gave her a burial in space. Lindsay Ballard, beloved friend and crewman. But this Wednesday... Federation Starship Voyager, if you can hear me, please respond. She'll be back. Do we know you? I was a member of your crew. I'm Ensign Lindsay Ballard. An all-new Voyager. The plot of Ashes to Ashes is this character that we all loved and appreciated so well um, that was killed off has come back. But the, the joke is, we never fucking met her before. She's <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Like, this woman's, oh. this woman's been killed uh, previously, and then she's been brought back to life by an alien species. That, that's how they create their society, is by finding dead people and, like... <laughs> Can I just ask a question, right? Yeah. Um, they procreate by reanimating the dead. Um, that <laughs> surely takes quite a lot of technological know-how. So, I mean, like, yeah. how does that work? Exactly. Like, that is the most bizarre way to, like... I'd love to have been in that meeting where it's like, our species is dying, we need more people. What will we do? Get dead folk. Keep painting them purple and putting some electroshocks in them. Ah, it's I, I, I kind of found that bit an interesting concept, though. I know it's absolutely ridiculous in terms of how would a society evolve to get to that point, because if they, if they could do it by some sort of natural means, like they had an ability to transfer life energy rather than doing the technology, I well, They're basically the guy from the Green Mile. Oh, I've got to help you, boss. <laughs> John Coffey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, aside from John Coffey, I did find that bit quite interesting. It's just so annoying. What I hate about it is that they've got... What really fucks me off about Voyager is that they've got 175 episodes, but they barely bother to have any, like... <laughs> recurring characters in it apart from children which have we never learned from fucking next generation is no one likes space children and this episode is filled with the bored kids like that's the b plot is them learning lessons and seven learning to be a, a good parent it's like i really couldn't give a shit about these children um but that detracts from how much the annoying other part is. Like they keep like this woman comes on the screen and the character's like, "Oh my god, is that what's her name?" And like you're a reviewer going, "I have no idea who she is. Never met her before." Mm. And like <laughs> it goes to like cuts to Harry Kim. Harry, are you all right? Why would he be? We've never met this woman before. Oh yes, I I had a relationship with her. I don't recall this relationship. It's like and it's like they make out that this woman like you would think she's been in about seven seasons worth that the amount of bullshit that they put into her. Like was he uh, not engaged as well? No, was he no, no that, engaged? No, no <laughs> Paul's not very Scottish, but he wasn't engaged. But he basically he went to, Harry went to the academy with her. He, oh, yeah, stalk, he, he stalked her to Voyager. And he had he managed to wing it so he had the crew quarters opposite her. And in this entire time he knew her, didn't tell her he fancied her. They yeah, had right. nothing other that than apart from this creepy guy is following me. But in this first in the first season of Voyager, he's meant to have a fiance called Libby. Yeah, yeah. And you see her in like when they, he goes back through that magical vortex episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> I never understood that episode. I still don't. Well, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those yeah, no, episodes of Star Trek, which is still a genuine mystery. 
that that was that 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 was the absolute worst plot device ever. He ends up back on Earth with a job he loves, with the woman he loves. He's not his stuck in the Delta like Quadrant. That. It's all a dream. Um, is it really all, is it all a dream? No, it, no, it, it turns out it's an alternative universe. Yeah, and right, Tom I hate episodes like that. I hate them. He wakes up with a like. He wakes up in bed with a woman that wants him as well. You know the other episode I hate, <laughs> which I think is a Voyager one, mm-hmm. is it, the one where they are not themselves. They're like an alien as themselves or something. Oh yeah. Um, do you remember oh, that one? Do you mean the one where they're kind of like metallic life forms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's that was pointless. It came to the end of it. It's like, well, what the hell was the point in that? Nothing, there was nothing. No point in that. That kind of sums up Voyager and the one or to be honest, especially their last. There was no of- point. And this episode really pissed me off because I asked Paul, you know, have we seen that woman before? He's like, no, no idea. I'm like, right, well, that's pissed me off, number one. Number two pissed me off. They've just assumed that she's who she says she is. No, yeah. they did run tests. Yeah. But during the whole episode, Emma's just like, so when are we going to find out she's actually a baddie? <laughs> <laughs> like, she's so annoying as well. She's just so cheery, like, oh, yeah, that was on my list. And oh, this and all that stuff. And it's like, I actually just wish you were dead, to be honest. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they took her on a put her on an away mission and went... Hey, oh, go step down just down there. Oh, no, she's stepped yeah. on the mine. Oh, no, she's dead. Yes. Ensign Ballard, you're leading the away team to planet Velociraptor by yourself. <laughs> the, and the um, carton full of meat. The dream sequence was shit. That was totally pointless. What as dream well. sequence? Well, when, when she walks into she the She has a nightmare. Hall. She has a nightmare. Yeah, and, and, then, and they're all saying goodbye to her. They're all like, you should oh. come back. And she's like, oh, no, I wanted to come back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that's just so annoying. That is Voyager and a Wonder. It's like it wants to have these dramatic character moments, but it's not willing to ever put the time and effort into putting a character in for maybe five, six episodes, making us care about it, and just like living it out. Where you could think, okay, I can see why Harry's happy and you know conflicted that this love of his life's returned. But it's like I have no idea who the fuck she is. She's just appeared. Like it was really annoying. It's like when Voyager did like the Seven of Nine Chakotay story. It just comes out of nowhere. It's like. They just make up shit as they go along and can't be bothered to do, like, take, for example, Odo and Kira. They spend years and seasons making that quite interesting. The Voyagers go, I just do it. I don't care. No one's watching. Even from, like, yeah. as, as little Voyager or Star Trek in general as I've ever seen, um, I, I am pretty sure that they investigate people who say they are people a lot more than they did with her. I know they did tests on her and stuff, but once you believe somebody has died you're not just going to accept the fact that they're kind of just back again yeah well, they, they did try and explain that but what annoys me is harry in this episode because they get to sick bay and they they they've run um the doctors run dna tests and blood work on he goes well actually there was human dna in there and it does match that of ensign ballard and they kind of say well at this moment we have no choice but accept you and the captain's like, so, so, so what happened? And Harry's like, Captain, can I have a minute? What's up? Please, alone. Fuck off. <laughs> and it's just like, well, well, hang on. Fucking hang on, Harry. You, you basically barged your way into this situation where you had no right being anyway, like a big stalker. <laughs> and then for the rest of the episode, he follows her around like a puppy. Every time she walks in the room, Harry's in there with her going, no, she doesn't want to go back. You, you leave her alone. She can't talk for herself. I'm her boyfriend now. 
<laughs> Fuck off, Harry. <laughs> and I reckon she did want to stay on the crew. I reckon she wanted to stay there, but Harry pissed her off so much. She's like, no, I've got to go back to this life I hate to escape Mr. Raping. So do you reckon, like, this species, whatever, I can't even remember what they're called. Well, she says them Kutas- a bloody Kutas- times. What is what they called? No, they're not a Kutasan, sorry, that's an, that's an Enterprise. Yeah. Just like all things. Oh, Kabali. That, yeah, that's cool. it, yeah. Kabali. Oh, was, was I speaking Kabali there? Jeez, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, piss off, Lindsay. <laughs> so, slip of the tongue. <laughs> so, like, do you reckon that the Kabali are actually a normal race that just, like, shag and produce babies like everyone else? And this is like a like a little sack that broke off because they they were, like, obsessed with necrophilia and they're like, well, you can just live on a moon or something. No. I haven't really thought. I, I, as soon as I watched it, I actually gave up ten minutes from the end and just watched something else. But <laughs> even I can give a shit about you know thinking about why they do such things. They were just it was just shit. It's stressed. It's stressed. I actually I actually like the episode. You don't. I do. I mean, I don't like the Harry Kim aspect of it, but that's the whole I, episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't like that, the seven of nine bit. Oh no, no, I don't like the seven. Well, that, the the Borgshawn thing is. It doesn't annoy me or make me happy. It's just, it's just there. It's just mildly interesting at the most. But I, I think that the backstory in her is quite interesting in terms of I, I like the concept of the species, which has had to learn to use the dead to procreate. That I find quite interesting. And I like the fact that you try to watch her and adjust. I know that it's Forager. And I know that she has never been in any other episode at all. And I know that she'll never be in Voyager again because it's Voyager. They don't. They they make this episode about one person and tell them to fuck off. It's like once she go and Torres goes, oh your usual shift in engineering is waiting for you if you want, and you see them working together, and you're like, you never see Torres work with the same people ever again. It's like Graham Carey, you saw him in like episode three. He's like the second most important engineer on the ship, but you'll never see him in time travel episodes. And then they bring him back one time in season seven, like from the end to go. Yeah, just kill him. You know, it's like that's the only other bloody engineer we see. It's like everyone just goes to engineering, and there's probably some sort of vortex there in the like a cupboard where all these engineers just vanish and then just appear when they need to be. I'd, maybe, maybe I would have liked it if the character had been seen before, and it was somebody that was really nice and that died, and I'd exactly. be like, oh, that would have been interesting. I need a bit sad. emotionally involved in the yeah. thing. And then you're just... like, oh my god, no way, she's totally back, yeah. But they've done they've done this one, another Harry Kim episode. Remember when the doctor like, uh, oh yeah, has that obsession because he saved Harry because Harry was his friend and not that other girl. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that well known member of the crew, but they had that, that really special birthday party for exactly. <laughs> Yes, it's like that's what they they spent more time with the bloody Borg children and Naomi Wildman than they did. The Marquis. Terrorists on a spaceship. That's interesting. Nah, just do it with the boring genetic kids in the jumpsuits. Oh, what about Naomi Wildman mum? Nah, just show Naomi Wildman. I honestly think that kid was just abandoned and Naomi Wildman's <laughs> mum was killed somewhere by a Kabali ship as well or something. It's yeah, like... I, I didn't. I, 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 yeah, I quite like Naomi Wildman, but when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I take it like her mum and dad like, have died. And Paul's like, no, no, they're on the ship. No, 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 no. Her mum. And I'm like, well, what? Seven of nine. She's always with Seven of Nine, like all the time. Well, her mum's working. Felix. And Felix. Yeah. Well, that goes without saying. She's young. Well, I mean, Lady Wilden is in, a, um, according to Memory Alpha, is in one, two, three, about seven episodes, seven, eight episodes, which is pretty good for a recurring cast member on Voyager. They they, they drop her in once a season 
and just let her charge around the mock around the ship. Do, do you not find Echab really annoying in, in this in this oh, episode as well? Yeah. Because like they're treating him like like a massive like oh. he's like a he's like a baby. He's like he's like a man baby. Which one was he? Echab's the oldest Four. one. Yeah. And then and then that was telling him what the the Borg. Yeah, she was yeah. telling him everybody what to really do. Really heavy autistic needs. Yeah. <laughs> but then, in a couple of episodes' time, they just like suddenly turns into a man. It's like, all right, he's suddenly the super genius. Well, yeah. he he acts like a bit of a savant though, doesn't he? Yeah. But just... I mean, each of them one of the characters that nobody actually likes. I think. Uh, I like uh, him. No one oh. likes him. And Lee, did you go to Star Trek London? That's what I was just about to say. How was him, Echeb, and Patrick Stewart's son always the queue that was just so big? You'd pass by going, because, who the fuck wants Echeb? Because they, because, because they had all... When you got Jimmy goodie bag, everyone yeah. had a, like, almost everybody had a free autograph with Echeb. Yeah. So basically, yeah, everyone was like, like I, want my, I want the free autograph. They went to him. I, I left my, my free bag on the floor because it was full of crap. I've got a sign Neelix photo. That should be h- hanging up in your toilet. Um, I think it's in a London bin somewhere. We've got a sign Neelix. We've got two. Bernice gave me hers. Do you um, think that after Start at London, there are loads of like London bin men walking the street saying pictures of Neelix floating everywhere? What the fuck is this going on here? Yeah. Well, maybe. Have you ever seen that episode of Alan Partridge where it's got like, he's got his stalker and like yeah. one day. And Phillips is going to be in London, and someone's going to go, Oh, Ethan, come with me. And he's like, Okay. Because, well, obviously, he's got nothing better to do. Yeah, and then like, there's a job waiting for you. Exactly. And he opens the wind, like this door to this room, and there it is this fucking, like, shrine of signed Neelix photos from Star Trek London. <laughs> I reckon I... after Star Trek London, because there's, you know, all the stuff that would have been thrown out afterwards, that there's some, um, like, homeless men walking around London with, like, phaser, you know, pretend phasers and tricorders going, ah, oh my God, what is this? Yeah, well, what is this magic? A bit like that well, communicator that... that we watched the other day. What yeah. is this magic? Also, well, actually, the good thing is that the homeless uh, people have got lots of things to wipe their ass on now. <laughs> exactly. Mainly Neelix's face. Face, yeah. <laughs> so people are wiping their, you know kind of near sexual parts in Neelix's face. He's <laughs> loving it. Yeah. yeah. It's Neelix's dream. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Lee, anything, anything you liked about the episode? No. 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 It, I, I, it was a chore to watch. I, I gave up ten minutes from the end, to be honest, and I went, fuck it. And I went on memory off, and I was like, oh, that's how it ends. Don't care. It's yeah, good you go, it's good, though. No. The bit with the replicator did annoy me slightly. Like, oh yeah, that's annoying too. Oh. Like, well, what happened? Oh yeah, it burnt the house. How, how can a replicator? Oh yeah. I said that. Yeah. I was well, like, actually, there there is an explanation for that because you can program it. Basically, you can dictate how the meal's cooked, as if it's a replicate how you would cook it, and obviously she can't cook for shit. I would have just said. Uh, well, she said it came out like liquidized like, or something. Like, like what was it? Like maybe a pot roast or something. Yeah, can pot roast. Like, yeah. Cook me a pot roast, like, well done. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I figured that she programmed it herself, and he, she was like, well, we can't have that. How is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? So <laughs> why would you replicate a loaf of bread and peanut butter? Wouldn't you just replicate, can I have some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Well, Paul told me this because 
they're on replicator rations. Yes, yeah, so they're used up for rations. Yeah, but that means that she's got a replicator peanut butter on bread, though, because they, surely they're not harvesting not... grain and making making bread in the ship. Well, it was she, already there. She might have already replicated it. Yeah, it was there. It was on the table. You and Emma have like, some great pillow talk. You've got never-ending supplies of peanut butter because that's what Neil, Neil express, spreads on his special place to get oh, the poor children to lick God. it off. <laughs> Assimilate this in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Come into the room of terror and put the blindfold on and see what you find in the in the box. I'm going to put my boy tentacles up your anus. <laughs> I'm just going to that check. That should just be a sound clip in yeah. itself. I'm just going to check your implants. <laughs> Do you think that if the Borg came across Neelix, they would put that, not bothering, don't want to assimilate him? Because yeah, he yeah. would piss the Borg off. Because would you want that man added to the collective consciousness? I think he would turn the like the board collective into something really camp. It would like yeah. the board cubes would turn up at Earth and go, Oh hiya, we are going to cook an amazing show today on the Neelix program. Board, and it's the, like <laughs> resistance is futile, campness is in and you're like, Oh piss off Neelix. The, the Borg cubes would um like illuminate lots of multicolours like a disco ball, but in a in a cube shape. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> They would just go to the biggest nursery in the galaxy. Yeah, they just come to Earth and beam up all the children. Oh, God. But it'd be good, because they'd come back every ten years or so and just drop them off and get the next batch of children. Yeah. You're too old now. They didn't have the nursery, remember? Sorry? Remember in, like, Q-Who, they had the board nursery? Yeah, they... They pulled out their little things, and it was just like these like naked babies, but with just like two implants on them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's before they before they go into maturation chambers, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Lee, your last your last and final disc, CD, DVD, Blu-ray that you never want to see again ever. Uh- um, well, I'm, con- like, I'm conscious that you're an enterprise people as well, so I won't expect you to contribute too much because you'll ruin it for yourselves one day. But my final episode is These Are the Voyages from Enterprise, which is the worst hour of <laughs> shit. UVN Next. Just beyond the next planet. Just beyond the next storm. The last hour. The last episode ever. One incredible goodbye. And a hell of a run. I believe I'm going to miss you. As distant future generations look back. The brig is bigger than this. A lot of things change in 200 years. On her last heroic missions. How many died? 71. Her journey ends where the Federation begins. Here's to the next generation. Star Trek Enterprise. The final episode. UPN next. Ever. Adam, me and you, we're not not happy with this. No, I'm not. Basically, I watched it last night and thought, this is the best episode of Enterprise I've seen in a long time. This is the fine bit of work. I I've just been watching season one and two. Anything seems a bit better by comparison. Well, well, possibly, but I actually think it's a really good episode, though. I think it, I think it's great. I really enjoy it, and I've always defended it um, when people have slagged it off. It's one of those things where I think people say, "I hate this," and then they watch it again and go, "Actually, it's not that bad." No, I watched it last night. It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have any sort of like little tears or sort of you weren't thinking well I had the, t- the tears happened at the time I remembered when Star Trek Enterprise was cancelled and it was like oh no I was real upset because it was like for growing up with Star Trek you're like oh Star Trek's never going to be on TV again and stuff and you thought oh no and then I remembered reading an interview with Rick Berman and Brandon Braga they were like it's going to be a Valentine's to the fan and you're like hmm 
what was really good about like season three and four of Enterprise was uh, Rick Berman and Brandon Brager basically got told to fuck off and Manny Cotto did all the good stuff but they decided to bring back those two for the final episode and it's just <laughs> shit I mean firstly it's a final episode of Enterprise and Marina Saris is in it more than anyone and I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here um, because I saw something today which is hysterically amusing about Marina Sirtis, who <laughs> was in this episode. Uh, there's a Facebook campaign for Marina Sirtis, uh, Marina Sirtis campaign for her to be in Doctor Who. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's, it's, probably, got, it's probably her that's organised it. Yes, it's got 64 likes at the moment, and I'm going <laughs> to read you the description. <laughs> Join our campaign, well, 64 people have, to have Marina Sirtis appear on, in capital letters, Doctor Who. Marina Saris grew up watching Capital Letters, Doctor Who, and would love to be on the show. On March na- Mar 9 at Toronto Comic Con, Marina announced she'd love to be in The Doctor. It's 2013, and it's time for a female Doctor. That's their little pitch, and they've got a wee photo with Doctor Who, Marina for The Doctor, and Matt Smith and Marina Saris oh, so together. I mean... They don't just mean be in an episode, they actually mean be The Doctor. That's what, they all, that's what the description says right. Emma, she, she, oh, she'll, she'll look like a 50 year old leather handbag with a <laughs> face drawn on it she looks like the first doctor it's just <laughs> it's utterly abysmal that the woman no offence she's terrible at acting and just everything and it's just like I just can't believe someone wants like most actors would probably go I read like a m- movie magazines and they probably have a thing where it's like Michael Fassbender yeah I'd love to be James Bond one day oh my god this better Facebook campaign for making Fassbender to be uh, like the new James Bond it's just that she has nothing better to do she should just stick to being interviewed in the back of a fucking caravan and just stick <laughs> off television altogether that's why no one wants her to be in anything anymore no one ever goes coming soon guest star Marina Saris no one or a new TV series starring Marina Circus. No one. It's just like, why they thought this was a good idea to make the final episode of Enterprise have Marina Circus in it, I'll never know. And I don't want to talk about the episode too much because I know you'll, want, you'll review it one day and I'm not going to eavesdrop on, on that sort of thing. But I think the reason this episode is shit is why Enterprise ended up kind of being cancelled altogether was it was just so unoriginal, boring and safe under like Rick Berman and Brandon Braga and they got to make this final episode and they made it shit, which is what they did with like huge chunks of season one and season two of Enterprise until someone else came in and went, I'm going to make this better. And that's when Voyager lost so many viewers, Enterprise lost so many viewers, was those two people being in charge. And then you got Nemesis that came along and it had these two involved again. And it was utter shit. I know Adam disagrees, but that was utter shit as well. And, like, the box office records reflect that. So These Are the Voyages is, like, a good kind of, you know, bookmark for, like, this is what kind of led to Star Trek being cancelled and why J.J. Abrams had to come along and, you know, save it to an extent. It's, It's a really, if you compare, like, These Are the Voyages was the last bit of Star Trek before we got Star Trek Eleven, and you compare and contrast the two in terms of style, when they got rid of the old guard and, you know, brought in some new ones, and you can see why Star Trek needed to be, you know, it's, it's a continuation, but rebooted to an extent. I agree that it was strange in the episode having Riker and Troy in it. It's totally pointless. That was, yeah, that was strange. Like when when we were when I was thinking about because I've not seen it. I've only seen it once, and that's when Paul showed me it once. Um, and when I was seeing people tweeting about it last night because it was on um, CBS or 
pick TV or something like that. Um, when I saw them tweeting about it and saying, oh, you know, Riker and Troy are in it, and, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, so they are. That wasn't the bit that I ever remembered about it, which is probably good, but it's probably why it was rubbish. The, well, the thing is, right, I, I, since, since Adam's been kind of defending it, I thought, all right, I'm going, I'm going to give it another chance and, and watch it. And I think to a certain extent, the, as a standalone episode, it's um, it's it's watchable. It's got some good elements to it. It's not all terrible, but when you take it as being like the last ever episode of Enterprise, I just think it was just a a, a letdown for the show. Like I, don't, I think it just, just deserved up. better. Yeah. I'd give it an eight point five. Yeah, why point five? Eight point five. Yeah, but why? What get, gives it that extra point five? I don't know. It's not quite a nice. I mean, I, I think it's actually it is virtual nine territory in my opinion. But I seem to like episodes that no one else seems to like. I also like episodes that people love. But it's to me, uh, I people moan about it saying, for example, last night there was someone on Twitter. Saying it was it was disrespectful to the entire crew of Enterprise, and I was just like, well, why? They were all in it. Okay, fair enough. They had two large guest stars being Rena Surtis and Jonathan Frakes, but all characters are in it for a length of time, apart from Travis. But no one cares about him because that's oh, what they. Come on, what did they do to Travis though? Can't remember <laughs> what they did to Travis. For Travis, they killed him. They, like, no, they, they killed the Trip. Oh, oh, sorry. It's... Yeah, I got them mixed up there. They should okay. have killed Travis. Well, Travis is, is barely in it, and, and he's barely in any Star Trek, so fuck him, who cares? But they were... Tr- I, I think Ranan Braga said that he was actually trying to... It wasn't just close off Enterprise, it was closing off all Star Trek from TV, because at that point, there was no consideration for any other Star Trek shows being on TV. We'd had, you know, Next Generation, DS9, and Voyager... And when, at one point, there was always a Star Trek show running, or possibly two. So they had to sort of say goodbye to Star Trek and TV. And that this is the episode they chose to do it in. And they chose to do it in an episode which, arguably, when I first saw it, I always thought, actually thought, well, this is a bit TNG. But after going back and seeing it several times since then, I think, actually, no, it is at its core an Enterprise episode. And if you look at the characters, I know you're kind of laughing at me, but you see the characters... Like ten years down the line, and they don't look any older. Well, they look at, but they've got different haircuts. But they, they've all moved on. If you look at the poll, she is acting so differently from how she acted in season one. She's actually she's a little all over the place because she's actually relying on emotions. She doesn't refer to people as she doesn't refer to Archer as Archer. She calls him. She's calling the saying to the chef. He's Jonathan. She. You can tell that her emotional control has crumbled since season three and four. And it's all, essentially the episode is all about choice. It's about Riker's choice to do what he wants to do regarding the Pegasus and TNG. It's about Shran's choice to ask Archer for help. It's about Archer's choice to help Shran. Trip's choice to then sacrifice himself for the ship and the captain. Then Paul's choice to start thinking about her relationship with Trip and rekindling it. Reed's choice whether he wants to stay on with Archer and trying to encourage Travis to make that his choice. Hoshi's choice to go back to Brazil to teach. And it, that's how well, the episode embodies to me. And they're trying to close up all these end, loose ends that they have. And then they also have to 
fit in the birth of the Federation. And I like the way they jump forward and they, they kind of retroactively look at it and go, well, actually, they had no idea what was coming for the trip. They had no idea what was this would be such a big ceremony and how what it would start. And I really like the episode. I think it's I think I think it's a great bit of Star Trek. I mean, it's easy to do that when you kind of go like I think the real finale is the two parter before it, like Terror Prime. But it's easy to kind of go, oh, this is ten years time, and oh, this might happen, this might happen, oh, they might go do this, but. Uh, they didn't have to go down that route for a final episode. They could easily have just left it that, you know, it's all about, you know, as Harry Kim kind of once said quite well, it's all about the journey. And they could have just had the ship kind of sailing off into the sunset. It's still open-ended. But instead they thought, right, we really need to rush things. We need to put the birth of the Federation in. We're going to kill off Trip in a really shit manner. Like, it did, you could, they could have maybe done those things, you know, all right. But instead they had to shove two TNG characters in, you know, right at the end. They didn't need to make it, like, a, a closing thing for, like, the rest of the other series. They all had their moment. Voyager had Endgame. Deep Space Nine had what it had, uh, what you can't leave behind. Next Generation had Nemesis, all good things. Just let Enterprise just have its little moment. It didn't. It wasn't even an hour special. It was 40 minutes. Just leave, let them continue their mission on instead of it being such a... It, it was just really shit. I, I don't want to see T'Pol cutting carrots in the final episode with, you know, a fat Jonathan Frakes. No one ever would have gone, let's do that as an episode. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really, it's. I think it is disrespectful to the, that crew. Just They weren't even the stars of their own episode. It was, you know, a woman that does interviews now in the back of a caravan and Jonathan Frakes, the director of Thunderbirds. Well, I... I mean, I know what you're saying about the the scenes with him being the chef. But those scenes are all they are all supposed to be vital character moments. They're supposed to be moments where the characters come in and and let themselves go. And there there was no one else but the chef. And this is how they are. This is what they they can talk about and they open up to this guy. And I I kind of like it. I kind of think it's. I mean, I I I know you completely disagree, Lee, but I don't think we're ever going to see eye to eye on this one. No. The, the thing I hate about it is it ruins the Pegasus episode for me because they fit, they two episodes fit together like two willies. <laughs> Just bashing off each other. Doesn't work. There's no docking involved. No docking. No. No. Well, it's, it's a strange call for the Pegasus, but I, I suppose that could go back to my argument about choice, and it was the whole like the choice thing. But it is a very odd episode for them to pick. And also, when I think about Pegasus, I think actually this is quite a tense time there in a neutral over space, and there's a Romulan warbird out there. And if I was Picard, I'd want Riker in his quarters, or, um, looking up stuff on the computer, researching, planning, not fanning around on the holodeck in the chef's outfit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cutting carrots. Yeah, just like so, Riker. So at staff meeting, what have you done regarding the Pegasus? Well, I was in the holiday. I made a nice stew, made some cakes. <laughs> I cut some carrots. It was fucking amazing. What? You know, and the cars were sitting there going, "Get out of my bridge!" And you then just that moment of, "Who were you doing this with?" Oh, the NX one. I never heard of it. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't worry, no one else has ever heard of it until we need to kind of ram it into the timeline. <laughs> I liked the episode. I thought it was quite good. Thank I you, liked, Emma. I liked the end. The end was sad. <laughs> when the end's was, a nice little beat. When he was talking to everybody in the big lecture theatre. Yeah, the end, 
touch, does he? He just kind of walks up to go talk. Oh, yeah. Well, even that bit. That's the only gripe I have. You don't actually see the start of the speech or hear a little bit of it. It's end program. I love it. Sorry, I missed that. Should have had him cutting carrots, and they should have just put that in instead. <laughs> <laughs> like a keyboard cat moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one bit, the one bit I really like is at the end where you see the Enterprise D and it's going off and it moves by an asteroid and it comes out and it's the Constitution class. I, I like that, but you have all, you know, all the captain of the Enterprise's voices. Yeah, it's a beautiful like weeble. Yeah. That's the just, best part of the episode. Yeah, and then it ends and then you just go, oh God, that was that. You've picked the last ever TV episode of, of Star Trek to be washed up on your shore of hatred. Yeah, it's my Zero Dark Thirty torture episode. I'll tell Jessica Chastain anything she wants to hear. <laughs> please stop, please, please put away the scene of them chopping carrots. I'll tell you anything. I'll tell you where Osama Bin Laden is. He's in Pakistan. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just terrible. It's, I, I can see why they just had to go at the end that time, just go, you know what, Star Trek switch it off just let it kind of die of death and then like jj abrams like a bunch of purple aliens and voyager have brought it back to life in a much more different manner we just round the episode off me and emma liked it you <laughs> dislike it and paul you're kind of you you warm to it yeah i mean like i think it's got i don't think it's all bad now i think it does have redeemable qualities to it but i am just sad that that was the last episode of enterprise i think i think enterprise deserved better yeah well it, it's, it's it, i mean i i i don't mind i don't mind how they ended off enterprise because that episode should have been fitted in in as a regular episode just not not the not, not finale maybe but season four is full of all these massive two to three-part story arcs. They didn't really have much choice. It was shit that the programme got cancelled and they did the best they could with limited time, but it's just, as an episode, it's just not It's not for me, really. Yeah, yeah but... Wasn't exactly. Not good enough, need... damn it, not good enough. <laughs> what we would need to realise is that it's just a TV show, so get your tampon back in. Exactly. It, was, it, it was never real in the first place. No. Yeah. It's never real, <laughs> and there's no need to say I'll never watch this shit again. Yeah, because you are going to watch it again. Well, oh, yeah, you, you will do. <laughs> watch it again on Blu-ray and then super yeah. special HD in about five years' time. and Yeah, super Blu-ray, super blue Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Lee, for coming on and telling us your hated episodes of Star Trek. What is babes? Um, <laughs> totes. <laughs> totes. So do you want to tell everybody where we can find you? Um, no, I don't want people coming up at my house, Brilliant. to be honest. No problem. <laughs> and um, or remember and check out the episode on our feed, which is hosted by the 10 no, Forward no, Retards. No, you don't say that. Why? Because people might not. Just leave them to download it. You're not supposed to say things like that. Just no, fuck it. Fuck it's at the it. very end of the episode. Know, They're obviously realised okay. we've switched hosts, Mom. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound much like Jacqueline on Terror Canada. <laughs> Hang on, what, there are other segments in 10 Forward, I'm sure of that. Should we, should we make a new segment for them or something, like, 
Gessapita or who was molested as a child. I don't know. Were you molested as a child, Adam? Not, he's not, wanting, to my, not to my knowledge. He's wanting to tell us something. But through Come the on. means of a game. <laughs> <laughs> riddle me this, riddle me that. Who had a penis put up their bum by a pope? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hate religion. <laughs> well, shall I just go on memory alpha and we'll play the random game where I hit, I hit the random button and whatever comes up, we'll, I'll talk about it and we'll, we'll see if we know what it is. Okay. Or if, what are we going to call it? The random game or something else? He actually... Go ahead, Lee. Uh, there's actually a page on memory alpha for breasts. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. There yeah, is... Let's look at that page. Okay, so normally in 10 Forward, you would have a moment where Matt Hansen would be tripped up by trivia questions, but we've decided just to go on memory alpha and hit random and talk about whatever comes up on the page. So, Paul, do you want to go first and go on Memory Alpha and hit random and tell me what you say? Uh, you go first, because you're probably already on Memory Alpha. I need to Google it first. Okay. Well, I'm on Memory Alpha. I'm going to hit random. Okay. David has come up with an, a picture of a naked man. <laughs> and it says, David was a human butt child born in 2353. Did you say a uh, human butt child? <laughs> it does sound like that. So David was a human child born in 2353 as part of a research project that developed aggressive immune systems capable of destroying disease organisms. And apparently he was aboard the USS Enterprise D in suspended animation so Pulaski could scan for diseases in TNG, the unnatural selection. Oh, yeah, I quite like that. Oh, well, that's actually not bad. It's where she's got to go on the, the, the shuttle yeah. where he's in the confined space and Actually, no, she takes him on the shuttle to prove that he's he's not infectious. And again, once again, Pulaski gets affected for being stupid. I'm not being out of line here when I say that's the planet with all the kids are in, like, white-type pyjamas and they're being groomed by adults for special, like, abilities? Um, it's where Pulaski ages. Uh, it's, it's an episode where there's a research station they go to it and... Old scientists are old, and they 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 age. <laughs> yeah, but they had these like special kids that that they were that end up being the carriers of the disease. Oh, in the white room behind them. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And then they invite, they take one up to the ship, and it's all covered in like a gel, and it's in its pants. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is. That I'm is not crazy. saying anything. I'm just merely saying what happened in the episode before someone puts up on the forum. That Lee Hutchison was really vulgar and spoke about paedophilia and child molestation <laughs> too many times. I will never listen to the holodeck again. Ten forward. Not the holodeck. Oh, well, ten forward. <laughs> right. Okay, I'll hit yeah. random. I'm, 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 we're going to go to the next, right? Emma, I'll okay. let you go. Okay, right. Random. I've got a good one. Okay, Lee, go ahead. I've hit the random button and I will give you a clue here I would have sex with this character can you guess who this character is Marina Sirtis uh, no I'm not into having sex with old wrinkly women so <laughs> you can ask me several questions and I will try and tell you if you're getting closer to this character and is, it, is it basically yes or no questions we're allowed to ask you yes to an extent you can ask me, me questions and we can find out if you okay. can 
guess who I want to fuck. So, welcome to the new segment on... Who will you fuck? fuck? <laughs> okay, I'll, um, Lee, does the woman you want to fuck have uh, brunette hair? No. Mm. Okay. It's black. So, I'll give you that to speed up, because we could be here all night. Is she is she in the in TNG? Yes, she is. Is she main cast? No, she was a guest star in one episode. Oh, for fuck's sake. Is, was it is that it... wifey that was in Superman? Uh, no, it was not the woman that was in Superman. Is is she in an early season episode or a late season episode? A late season episode. A boy, a Troy friendly episode actually. Is she a human? No. Good question. Thanks. Is she ever again in a Star Trek album? This one episode. Um, two seconds. Well, this character's only ever at one time. Yes, uh, the actress appears in it in s- several other episodes. As the same person or different? Uh, different characters. Right. So she's got black hair, she's not human, and she's been in multiple episodes of Star Trek. Yes, but in this episode, uh, I really did want to fuck her in this episode, which is a Troy-friendly episode. Is it Family Canson? No. Actually, no, she's gone in one episode. As I say, this character she plays is in um, one episode, but... Um... Oh, wait. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, wait, she's in two episodes. She's you got in the a... fucking information in front of you. Yes, yeah, so she's in season, a season two episode and a season six episode. Is it Ensign Sonia Gomez? Uh, no, she is human. Shit. Season um, two and season... When she's not human, and so she's obviously an alien, does she wear makeup? Like Yes, she does. She has ridges. Oh, so she's a Bajoran? No. Well, she has forehead ridges. Is she she's a Klingon? Klingon? She is not a Klingon. Is she a well-known a alien? Yes. So she's a well-known alien that isn't a Bajoran or a Klingon. And she's has... been in season two and season six. Yes, in two really good episodes. Okay, there's not many episodes in season two which are good. Should narrow it down. And as I say, her main episode that she appeared in was a very popular Troy episode in season six. The, what fucking popular Troy episodes? <laughs> Well, um, who who was a big recurring alien species in um, Star Trek? Romulans. Correct. So she's a Romulan. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she's fuckable, but is it Carolyn, Carolyn Seymour? <laughs> yes. Well, Taris was quite fuckable. But yes, that's who I'm on. Taris is the Romulan sub-commander and commanding officer of the Romulan warbird. Blah, blah. Well done, Adam. You win. Yay. Would you um, win? A night with Lee. <laughs> Ooh, very good. Well, I'll Marvel. see you soon. Um, Paul, do you want to hear random until you get something good? Okay. Oh, I, I've got an anaphasic life form. An anaphasic life form is a sentient entity <laughs> made up of uh, anaphasic. Can't read because Emma's hovering over things. Sorry. Which, uh, oh, which differentiates differentiates such entities from solid matter based symbolic life forms. Basically, what we're talking about is family dildo here. Yeah, yeah. It's a symbiotic life form, do you mean? Yeah, so it's the family... It, it's referring to the, the family dildo episode because it's... Uh, anaphasic life form. What uh, Ronan's made made from. Made up of anaphasic energy. So, yeah. So he's non-comporeal. The anaphasic life form in its non-comporeal Corporeal. form was a computer-generated effect. 
Oh, well, I didn't know that. I thought they actually found an anaphasic life form and filmed them in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Using, for the first time in television, Star Trek, the Lightwave 3D software. At the time, the software was still... Amiga Video Toaster Suite Package. What? That doesn't make... It was still an Amiga Video Toaster Package. What? That's what it's called. Like, you've got Photoshop. Sounds like you're drunk just talking about, like... Animated okay. life forms in a 3D <laughs> wave computer, and you know this is the sort of chat you should be having at like three in the morning. This <laughs> is totes trip no babble here, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's got a picture of it going in Beverly Crusher. Mm. Oh yes. Well, you can zoom in on it. Oh. Beverly. What Crusher. weird life forms did not go in Beverly Crusher though? That's yeah. Dirty. She was a dirty. I wish she was. She was. I. I definitely. I loved her as a child. I think you should have a kipper minge. She looks like. She looks like she would. A kipper minge. <laughs> oh, I just found. I just hit random and got medicine wheel. <laughs> that was really <laughs> abandoned. The worst episodes. There's a lot of crap on them. Memory Alpha, really, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. yeah, there's not much good stuff. Here's well, a we've just got a ball. <laughs> we've just got ball. The ball was an object, usually spherical, spherical, that could be used in sporting events or as a simple toy. And it's got a picture of Hoshi playing basketball. But it tells you all the episodes the ball was used in. Oh, great. Oh, Something's went through the catalogue, have they? Minefield, Lower Decks, Rivals, Suddenly Human. I've just, got, I've just got string. The string was a thin version of corporal cord or rope. Braided and made in similar manner. Was so they don't have string anymore anymore. Here's a question for you. Well, a serious question. What did you make of the new Into Darkness trailer? Uh, more of the just, same. Crap. Just more of the same. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Just show me it, the it, fucking film now. Yeah, yeah, it's just got to the point where, well, just want to watch it. Yeah, yeah I don't watch anymore. You don't want. I mean, the first trailer came out. It was good because it was like, wow, you know, finally seeing bits of the movie which aren't a crappy camera phone picture. You know, it's just the, the trailers are just like a, a peak of the cleavage. This is just a peak of the cleavage from a different angle. I just want to have the tits in my face. Like, I'm hard right now and I'm just like, please, just wank me off, JJ. I'm ready. Just <laughs> put me in front of a back row in IMAX cinema and I'm just going to wank. Just let me have that moment now. I'm tired of being... Sexually frustrated by J.J. Abrams. <laughs> local Scottish man Lee Hutchison was arrested today. <laughs> his local city world. Yeah. <laughs> for, for revealing his cock at the back of the cinema. Ah, it wouldn't be the first time. I did that during the United 93. Uh, Lee, please, when it comes out, go into the back of the cinema, masturbate and shout, Come! As you come. <laughs> 